When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. on a Thursday evening and welcome to Repco Race Control with McIver and Murphy around New Zealand and Australia on the SEN app and yes it's a little bit of Elvis tonight because the Elvis movie in New Zealand gets uh, released today and everybody's raving about it those that were lucky enough to get out the preview last night not included uh, pretty excited but uh, Murph have you, did you get a have you been anywhere have you seen it at all the promos at all uh, a little bit um, what's been on TV yeah. um a little bit of that, and uh, what uh, uh, Kate has previewed as well in one of her. All oh, right, um, yes, of promos. course. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I am super excited about this one. I don't know why. I, I mean, I more, than, more than Top Gun. More than Top Gun. Yeah, I know. I told you I was a little bit, a little bit disappointed in Top Gun, but I think I'm going to walk away from the Elvis one, uh, pretty excited. But there's going to be a, that's a little less conversation by him. We're going to have plenty of conversation tonight. Uh, plus, your yeah. chance to be a winner with the Repco. Uh, Hat, apron, stubby holder for that uh, barbecue weekend in the cold, wherever you are. Uh, the question tonight on 0800 150811 is, what team does Betty Clemenko own? What team does Betty Clemenko own in Repco Supercars? 0800 150811. That's 0800 150811. If, if you can't answer that, you live under a rock, right? Yeah, it would be a really big rock. Going to talk to Louis Sharp uh, in the British... F4 in just a moment. Also, Caleb Nato at 7.30. But I am genuinely, Murph, excited about talking to Betty at 8 o'clock because, you know, uh, a strong woman, and we know she's a strong woman in a man's game, essentially, right? And she has, yeah. she is not afraid to do things. She's not afraid to, to change. Remember when she started, she bought the Mercedes and everybody's going, hang on, Mercedes. And that was an exciting time, right? Yeah, exciting. Um, unfortunately, didn't um, deliver what uh, she was hoping for. And um, it was a very complicated period and mm. and and quite difficult she spent a lot of money on that that uh, pro- that program but it didn't scare her away you know she um you know was very vocal about it and and she's still here so we are how many years on so that was 2000 and wow uh, was it 2014 she did that um so we're a long way down the track and and she's still charging um she's a a, a great addition to this she has been a great addition to the sport and and brings a 
a really different look on a whole lot of stuff. So it's awesome yeah. that she's involved. And, and Erebus are sort of finally, finally, finally getting to find their feet. They had a couple of good seasons and an odd season. Now they're still, you just got a good feeling about them moving forward. Anyway, this weekend at Croft is the latest round. That's in North Yorkshire, by the way, is the latest round of the Rocket British F4. And, of course, we have our very own Louis Sharp uh, racing well. And last weekend, Louis picked up a win and more podiums. And he don't know, I think it was about his third race weekend. And he joins us right now. Uh, uh, hey, champ, how are you? Good morning. I'm really good, thanks. How are the two of you? <laughs> we are good. It's good evening to us and good morning to you. So, uh, oh, first right. first of all, congratulations on your first win. How good was that? Golf claps, golf claps. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, to, to be completely honest, I was not expecting it. Uh, going into the weekend, um, I haven't really done much at, um, at Alton Park before, so I really did not expect it. And even after qualifying, I think we were only fourth. So um, I think Only. for me to get a little, <laughs> for me to get three podiums, let alone a race win, I think it's it's it really um it, it blew me away. It exceeded my expectations completely. So um yeah, I'm really really happy with the result. I'm actually really happy with how the season's gone so far. I think I think it's an understatement, mate. Um, you are typically taking this in your stride and being incredibly humble along the way, which is lovely. But tell me then, what gelled with um with the track why why did it uh, all come together so well for you to end up um you know showing everyone a clean pair of heels in that last race and and uh doing it very very nicely well i, I think alton park it's, it's a really cool track i do really enjoy driving it but i think it, it suits my driving style quite well it's got a bit of everything it's got some up and down some some tight corners but also some fast sections around the back so i think that played a big factor into it and it's another track where it's really difficult to pass. And um, I think from the past, it's been one of my strong points. So, so I think that that really, again, played into our advantage. And especially in that last race, starting from second, I knew that if I could just get into the leader into turn one, I would, I would have the race there. So um, fortunately enough, I needed to really work on my starts because they were my, uh, my, my, uh, my, my worst thing until this point. But I was able to nail the start. I was able to get into the lead. And I guess after that point, I really just didn't look back. I just focused on what I had to do, and we were able to win. So, so yeah, that's that's what that's what happened. Are you are you surprised at the way you've suddenly you're performing, or is this just part of the plan? And this is the way you you that you deliver. Um, yes and no. yes and no. I'm um, going into the season. I always knew would do good, but I didn't really expect to be doing this good this early on. I guess when you're going to a different country that you've never raced in before, on, on tracks and cars that you've never driven before, I guess you really don't know what to expect. And especially because the high level of competition over here, I knew going into the season that there's going to be a lot of really, really quick drivers. So I, I really didn't know what was what I was getting myself into. But I think even, even from Brands Hatch when we got that podium, I think even then I knew that I think I knew that I was able to get more podiums over the course of the season, but with how quick the top the top three or four really are, you never expect to be getting a win this early on. So it's, it's really good. Yeah, but as part of that, um, what you're saying there, was that a little bit of a mental thing in respect of when you, you knew who your teammates were going to be and the support that they've got and the, and the amount of resource that has been poured into them, with with all sorts of things, with extra testing and the coaches they've got and all these people that they've got supporting them, was was did that sort of uh, make you think like you the way you just you just explained that 
that you didn't expect it because you thought they had an advantage over you? Yeah, I think that that definitely was a big influence. Of course, we, we came quite late over here. We only got the new car about a couple of weeks before the first round in Donington, whereas everyone else has been testing since last year or has been over to the UAE racing or they've done already a season. So, but everyone else was in a much better place than us, especially going into into my first round. Um, we were we were quite not underprepared, but we'd done a lot less laps and a lot less miles than everyone else, and especially especially with um, having three three F1 junior drivers on the grid, they they get a lot of extra, I guess, coaching and a lot and a lot of extra help uh, for their driving and for the I guess for the, for everything they do. So I think for us to be able to come in and, and have done what we have so far, I think it's been really good. Well, if I was to compliment you, I think that's probably got more about your talent, Louis, than them having all the coaches, that you, you are very good at oh, what you do. You. And, I, and I think you should accept that compliment in, mm. in the way it is delivered. I've, I've noticed on your socials, you've been testing at Croft. There's an old airfield, uh, but it's been resealed, re- reworked. What's it like as a track for this coming weekend? To be honest, it's a very awful track. I am not a fan. I am not a fan of it. It's extremely bumpy, which in these new cars, which are very stiff, bumps do not go nice. So um, I'm not really sure how this weekend's going to go. But to be fair, it's not awful. I I I was probably a little bit too harsh on it. Um, The layout's okay. It's just really the bumps that I'm not a big fan of. So I think it's going to be really interesting in the bumps. I guess it, it makes the car quite unpredictable because even if you hit it, if you hit the bumps just in the wrong place, it's really easy to, to lose the car. So I think it's going to produce some some decent racing. I'm hoping it should be a little bit better than Elton Park. So um, I think I think for a racing track it's going to be good. But I think we're about I think P5 in testing, so we've got a little bit of time to find. But I think we should be up there. Um, have you got your um, somewhat reasonably well-known driver coach, Liam Lawson, helping this weekend? Or was he with you at the last one as well? What's the go? Um, so he's, he's, only able to, he's only been able to go to Brands Hatch so far because he's been racing on the same weekend. But I believe... Oh, selfish. I'm not actually too Bloody sure. selfish. <laughs> yeah, I think he could be paying a bit more attention to me, I reckon. But... Bloody oath. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, I'm hoping that he's going to be here this weekend because I don't believe he's to have got a race on. But I think you never know with him because he's got such a busy schedule. So if, I think if he's able to, he's able to be here. Great. If not, I think he, he'll probably be giving me a few tips over the phone or something. So, but anyway, I think even if he isn't able to come, it'll be good. It'll be good. He'll be he'll be supporting me anyway. But outside of Liam, who who are you looking towards to improve your race craft? Um. Well, I think I look up to a lot of the F1 drivers, and I think they're the ones that you, for me, at least me personally, that they're the ones you look up to and they're the ones you, uh, I guess, aspire to be. I think, for me, when I first started racing, Sebastian Vettel, he was he was dominating F1. So, for me, he's been my favourite driver all along because I think me, me as a six-year-old, I just looked at whoever was the best, and I was like, yep, that, that's my favourite. So, um, I guess looking at what he's done and looking at like a lot of these younger drivers as well, like the Lando Norris's or the, the George Russell's, these young drivers that have come through, especially Lando Norris coming through Carlin and being on a similar similar path to me, you really look up to him to see what he's done and to be able to try, I guess, I guess do exactly what he's done. Um, hey, mate, after that, uh, that last weekend where you, you know, you, you drove so superbly and did what you did, um, 
have uh, was there any sort of noticeable change in in uh, some of the people close around you, like your teammates or anything? Did they uh, stop talking to you, or uh, you know anything like that? Or are they congratulatory of your of your success? Do you feel any any change in the in the way uh, you're being looked at? Um, I think I think the team is starting to um to look at us a bit better because I think of obviously. They've, they've had um, Ugo and Oli testing with them for ages, so I think we were quite new, but I think we've settled in really nicely to the team. But in terms of other drivers, it was actually really amazing. They were all very happy for me, and they all came over. And Oli, I'm not sure if you've seen the picture, but he lifted me up and gave me a big hug after I win. So it's great to see that, to see that, um, I guess, to be a part of that environment, see that I've got people, uh, even other drivers, that are really happy for me and do, do care about what I'm doing. So I think... I think it hasn't really changed too much our relationships, relationships and stuff, but I think they were all really supportive and really happy for me. Which Louis, is, that, which is good that to see. Cool. I mean, yeah, me, that it is. is cool. It's fantastic. I did see the photo too. Well, you're not. You, you're a tiny thing, so you throw almost three over your shoulders. <laughs> uh, I, um, <laughs> the one thing you could explain to me though is that uh, you. Th- I think there's three in Carlin, right? There's three in the British F4 Carlin team. Do you operate as separate yep. teams within the team? Um, yes and no. We've all got individual engineers, and we've all obviously got individual mechanics as well. So we do, we do like when looking at data and stuff. You always go with your engineer, and you always work with your mechanics. But we all do share. We share everything. So after each run, we all share the data, and we look at video together. So partly yes, but also most of the time we are working as one whole team. And I think like when we're being talked to before the races, especially when we're when we're all starting up the front, like um Gary. The, um, the head of the British F4 team, like he always kind of tells us to not to, to work as a team, not completely, but to just look out for each other, which is good. Because at the end of the day, we are we are all one big team. And we should be, I guess, helping out each other a little bit when we can. Ooh, how tough is that when you know you want to win a race and you've got a team out in front of you you know you can take? Um, it is really tough. Of course, when you are racing with your teammates, I think, Sorry, can you? I'm not sure if you can hear a horse outside. Where there's a horse where I'm staying, so sorry. <laughs> Different horsepower. Yeah, so I'm not sure if you can hear that don't or go, not. But don't um, go near it. Do not go near it. Yeah, I'm, I'm staying away. I'm a bit, I'm a bit scared. Yeah. Hey, hey, but, um, you carry sorry, on, what, carry on, mate. Sorry, what was the question again? <laughs> About <laughs> oh, the old horse joke, eh? Gets them every time. I'm just wondering, you know, is it, t- is it tough racing in a team and then knowing you can take your team, mate, oh, yeah. uh, d- d- wanting to win? Because you're a winner. We know you're a winner. We know how good you are. But uh, how much is this is a learning curve and on mental application? Um, it, it is tough, especially when you are racing a teammate. You always try to leave a little bit more room or have a little bit more respect. But at the end of the day, um, I, F4, it's not about, it's, it's more about the drivers. So I think you, I mean, although you do race for a team, I think you really got to, you got to, you got to race for yourself as well. So I think you always do leave a little bit extra care for your teammates. You do try to help them out when you can. But at the end of the day, if it's me versus them and we're battling on the last lap, I'm going to do everything I can to beat them. So I think, I think it's, there's, there's a bit of both. You, you do want to help them and you do want to look out for them, but also they're the ones you want to beat the most because they're an equal machinery to you. So, it's, it's, yeah. We've talked a lot about racing, but we've talked nothing about schooling. What's going on, young man? Shh, just be quiet, uh, Stephen. Leave it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Probably, 
it's probably best if we don't talk about school right now. Um, <laughs> I've been trying to do. Moving right along. I, I've been trying. <laughs> I've been trying to do as much as I can, but to be honest, it's been barely anything. It's been pretty full on, and <laughs> unfortunately. Unfortunately, even when I do have a little bit of time off, I, most of the time I just really can't be bothered. So, um, yeah. You know what, Stephen, at the end of the day, if it all falls apart, which it's not going to for this young man because he is going to be a superstar, if it all falls apart, he can just come back and be your new chauffeur for the rest of his life. Yeah. Wow, okay. I hope you don't mind chauffeuring around some are pretty average. Well, the roads will be safer. The roads will be safer. Oh, oh wow. So- oh, that seems pretty fun to me. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah. The roads would be safer. In other words, you driving rather than me, than me driving, Louis. Hey, you've got this is this is the last break, but this is the last race meeting before a summer break. Are you getting to come home? Um, so we were planning on getting back to New Zealand for a couple of weeks, but unfortunately, one yeah. of our flights have been cancelled, so we're not gonna we're not gonna be able to head back, which is a bit of a shame because I was really looking forward to heading back and seeing all my friends and family. But um, no, so we're gonna stay over here. And I think I think we might have a bit of time off. We might see if we can go on holiday over here. Because we've got about four weeks, and we won't be doing any testing or any racing or anything. So, um, yeah, I think we're just going to really just use this time to relax and just, I guess, catch up with a few friends over here. And really, I think we might see if we can go on holiday somewhere and just really just have a bit of fun. I hear the French Riviera is not a bad place. I know I know Mitch Evans has got a nice he's got a nice apartment yes, in Monaco. Go and, go and stay with go and stay with oh, Mitch yeah. for a few days. Or, or Nick Cassidy. Yeah, Nick my... Cassidy, go and see his stay with him as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be that'd be a lot of fun actually. <laughs> oh mate, it would be if you see yeah. the if you saw the photo that uh, Mitch Evans showed us last week, sent to us last week of what his view in his apartment's like, you want to be going there, pal. Hey, um, Congratulations. I mean, it's early in the point, mate, and you are making an impression. We are so very, very proud of you, what you're doing, because we know you've got plenty of talent. Keep safe. Say hi to Dad for us, uh, and uh, try not to uh, overdo the study, okay? <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. See you later. You are more Have a good weekend, welcome. mate. Good luck. Louis Sharp, man, I had to laugh, man. He's going, oh, these young boys like Lando Norris. I'm going, mate, he's 20-odd and you're 15. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he's 22 or something now as well. Yeah, so I, um, it, it is, it's quite funny listening. But I tell you, um, yeah. I, 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 I want him to – not that he needs to, but he's too nice at the moment. He's way too nice. Uh, oh, he, and that's going to be yeah, – he's going to need to probably – it's going to come. I mean, it doesn't matter at the moment. He's just doing what he's doing, but he's so unaffected and he is um, so in control. Like, you know, when he, he talked about, if I, you know, I knew that if I got the, uh, the start in that last race and led, then I'd be fine. And, and you can tell in his voice that that's exactly the way he was thinking. He wasn't thinking about anything else. And he did that. He got to the front and he controlled it, did what he had to do. It was no problem. Didn't make a mistake. And he, and he dominated that last race. Whoa. And he, so his confidence is just massive. And his ability to control emotion and not get stressed, he's a, he's a, he's a little cucumber, um, you know, icing in the fridge. He's cool as. He's going to be the new Iceman. A little cucumber icing in the fridge. Sanjay's looking at yeah. me going, cucumber? Yeah, cool as a cucumber, you idiot. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sanjay, you did. I dropped myself in that one completely, didn't I? I'm really happy yeah. for him. Hey, before we just we, he mentioned yeah. Liam and F2, uh, stunned yeah. that Yuri Vips uh, racial slur while playing on Twitch, I think, which in the same with race Liam. that uh, with Liam, pardon, and with Liam as well, um, and he's been stood down by by Red Bull. They now playing, they were playing um, Call of Duty. 
Oh, were they playing Call of Duty when he, and he th- threw out some racial slur, which is, you know, as we know, is completely unacceptable. But I wonder, I just wonder for how long they stand him down and will they stand him down on a race, for a race weekend to make it quite clear that you don't behave like this? Well, it's, um, it is, uh, he's been stood down, suspended indefinitely wow, until big. A, or pending a full in, investigation into the incident. Well, there's not, not much of an investigation no. required because all you've got to do is go online and you can find it. And uh, you know what he said. So it's, it's a pretty simple kind of deal. But they are, as you would expect, and as they should be, uh, Red Bull are absolutely zero tolerance towards any of that kind of rubbish. And uh, rightfully so. So we'll, um, we'll see what happens uh, when that uh, it comes out. Liam immediately cancelled his Twitch account and has deleted any videos and prior content, apparently, as well. Wow. Immediately. So, well, now, why uh, uh, do you think that's on? That's, that will be have be hell of being told to, right? Oh, yeah, Red Bull. Oh, yeah. Red Bull. But, yeah. um, you know, that's, uh, yeah, you just don't want that thing, any of that carrying on. And, and certainly, I mean, I watched, I saw the video, someone sent it to me. Yeah. And Liam was straight away, Yuri, 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 you know, what, you know, like straight away was on top of, you can't, you know, basically saying you can't do that, you can't say that kind of thing. So there wasn't like any laughter coming from uh, Liam or anyone else. They did not condone in any way, shape or form. So it was... uh, it was a big mistake. It was interesting listening to uh, Louis talk about his part-time coach and Liam Lawson and saying how busy it is. And I'm, I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out. Liam's season is a little not, not the best season so far. But he's, I just saw him on his, his socials the other week. You know, we're doing some modelling for Alpha Tori and things like that. So just wonder, do we read anything into those sorts of things at all? Being part of that family, or, or is that well, just because I, I'm, I, I'm sure I, he's under pressure. I mean, um, Doctor Mar- Helmet Marco is not. He's ruthless. He's completely hmm. and utterly ruthless when it comes to this. It, it, it's all about putting people under pressure um, and to find the best, the best of the best of the best. And and I'm sure they're not they're not, they're not going to be happy. But when we look at what um, has caused yeah. the failings been for down. Liam, it's not him. It's not him. He's been, you know, he he would have probably, I would say, he would have won that race at Baku after the stellar drive from you know, ninth on the grid to come through to third. Um, he was starting on the front row, and we know how good he is at looking after his tyres, yeah. and the team let him down. I mean, that's happened now a couple of times. He had the issue at um, Imola with the broken steering. Um, you know, he, he I don't really think he's done much wrong, but um, unfortunately, he's been tarred with the the brush of, um, you know, n- no non-success because of these other things, and that's really, really unfortunate. Really interesting. We know we don't doubt his talent, obviously. Speaking of of the team and the Red Bull team, I see Jihan Deruvula, who races in F two, is yep. going to get his uh, first crack in a McLaren. Uh, no, it's, it's already been happening. I yeah, think it's, it's which, which is interesting to know. But again, yeah. I was just, follow, you know, as we do, we we research for this show and notice that he, of course, is a another guest, uh, graduate of the TRS here in the summer series, which is which is staggering when you think about it. So yeah. this, the yeah. amount of drivers. That have car- have come through this TRS series, which is back this summer, which is really cool. Uh, it is amazing. You know, you look at the Landau Norris's, you look at the Lance Strolls that have been there, you look at Liam Lawson, who will eventually cross fingers, touch wood, and everything else, uh, make F one. It says plenty, doesn't it, about the TRS? Well, we know. We uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's been a uh, that a, a opportunity for young drivers to continue their their driving and their evolution all the way through the season effectively, you know, so you go down here in our summer and in, in the Northern hemisphere winter, 
you can continue racing against a lot of the young talent that you're going to be racing when you go back to Europe. And it's just that that precursor to, you know, your your Northern Hemisphere season starting. And it's and it's been hugely, hugely successful. So I cannot wait uh, to see that back up and running again in, yeah. in the 2023 season and and have um, have talent back down here in those cars showcasing their skill. Yep. And um, I take my hat off to Toyota for, you know, for the effort and the money that they put into yeah. it. And, uh, and it'd be nice to see young Bree Morris, the North Island Formula Ford champion, uh, in Absolutely. one of those FT60s as well. It is 7.24. This is Repco Race Control. What team does Betty Clemenko own in Repco Supercars? 0800 150811. 0800 150811 to win the Repco prize pack. Yeah! This is Repco Race Control with a slice of Elvis as the film that's featuring Austin Butler is released around New Zealand tonight. If you're seeing it in Australia, send it to Australia. Tell us what you think. 0800 150811. That's 0800 150811. Let's talk to Caleb Nartor, who had a great weekend in S5000. G'day, Caleb. How are you? Are you there, Caleb? Hello. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can, mate. I, I wondered whether you'd got, you'd gone away. He's have on you, Mars. Have you seen the Elvis show, Elvis movie yet? <laughs> I have not. No, no, no. I've heard it's pretty good, though. So you're going to go, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, if I get the time, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're not as excited as me. All right, fair fair play. Hey, uh, congratulations on your win at the weekend in S5000. How satisfying and relieving was it for you? Thank you, thank you. Yeah, no, it was it was good. Um, I think you know we'd we'd been there all year, so um, to finally get it was a relief. But at the same time, it was you know it should have happened a lot earlier. I felt like it should have. So um, yeah, it was a relief, but it was it was good. It was um, a good hard race with with Jimmy right behind me. So I enjoyed it. Hey mate, so what did you think of? Um, I know it was your first time up in Darwin. What did you think of all the height? Yeah, no, I um I really enjoyed the track. Obviously, I came um, straight from New Zealand, being about eight degrees, so um, straight into thirty six degrees. I was um, sweating a little bit in the first time, but yeah, no, I really enjoyed the track. It was fast flowing, um, big stuff at one. So, and the event, you know, with all the um, traditional and cultural um, festival stuff they do up there was was really really fun, and yeah, it was cool. Hey, just tell us a little bit about. Um the S5000s, um, they actually look to me, you know, having a little bit of experience in single-seaters, they, they look they look pretty challenging to drive. Um, you know, they're not they're not massively gripped up, probably a little bit like a, like, you know, a, a full, you know, um, a Formula 5000 car, I suppose, in some respects, and that was what they were sort of touted to be com- compared to, but they look quite challenging. Tell us about them. Yeah, they're they're not your traditional single seater. You know, they're they're heavy. Um, got a lot of power. Uh, the tire is is quite a hard tire, so it's definitely probably a big learning step. And I think it's um, the part that took me probably so long to get to get used to was just um, I kept overusing the tire, so you 
going over the peak of it. Um, and that was just something that I needed to get used to. But they're a really fun car, you know. They're, they've got a little bit of downforce. Um, they're really fast. I think, you know, Philip Island, we're, we're approaching nearly 300 kilometres an hour into, into Turn 1. And um, they're V8. So, I mean, who doesn't love a V8 in, a, in Australia and New Zealand? But, um, yeah, no, they're a hard car to, to get your head around. But once you get your head around them, they're, they're just as fun as anything else. Sitting eighth in the championship, and I think there's one round of the regular season to go before they start the Tasman series, and you you get to to go to some very cool tracks, the sand down the Gold Coast, and of course the end of the year, Bathurst. When you look at your season or rate your season at this point, uh, you give yourself a pass mark, particularly having got that win. Um, yeah, you know, I I think I really wanted to be a bit higher up in the championship. You know, I wanted to be fighting to win it. Um, Obviously, sadly, I, I missed the last round um, of Sydney just due to a few financial um, struggles. So that was, you know, that really affected us in the championship. I think we were sitting about fourth before that. Um, so, you know, it, it's been a, a season of kind of what ifs. Um, and I think you'll find they've actually cut the season short. I don't think we're actually going to stand out anymore. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of a shame. But, um, you know, I think I, I still learned a lot and progressed a lot throughout the season. So... Yeah, I'm still really happy with how it all went. So where to, mate? Where to then? Um, if Sandown's not happening, and uh, what's what's the next phase? What are you looking, working on at the moment um, to to keep you busy? And you know what's what's in line? I mean, I know how tough it is. Um, there's plenty of uh, like-minded or young blokes like yourself trying to achieve and and find the next uh, next step. Um, what's happening with you? Yeah, so um, coming up soon, I've, I've um, actually I haven't announced it yet, but I am <laughs> a part of the the, the Erebus You're Academy, so um, I'm going to be able to about to have a drive in in the Erebus supercar um, in August. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I've been talking, with you know, Matt, close with to Matt the, uh, the yes, yeah, yeah, with a, a couple of other Kiwis as well. So um, I'm really looking forward to that. It'd be cool to see Greg there um, again, hey, you know, have a stand away. Just, just, yeah, but just beware um, when you're there, if if you, and I've told this to Matthew as well, if you, if you do go faster than me, well, that, that it will be the last time I ever look you in the eye and say another word to you. Right? <laughs> just be aware of that. Well, well we race cleanly. <laughs> we race nice and close at, at the Grand Prix, Greg, and you're still chatting me yet, so um, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. So, 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 so the number is one point four seconds. Okay, one point four seconds is the number that you have to be. No, no, no. Well, that's no, you're behind me. <laughs> yeah. No, he's he's under. Like I'm telling you, I'm I'm serious about this. If you go out there and think that you know it's going to be funny to go to go faster than me on the same day at the same at the same test. Then um, you know, just think about the consequence, right? Just warning, just, just telling you, let you know. Mate, you go, you go, you go as fast as you want. Is it is supercars where you want to be? Yeah, I mean, I, I watched supercars, you know, a long time, watching watching Greg and watching the fellow Kiwis, you know, Scotty, um, SVG, all those guys, and it's a class that you know definitely had my interest for a long time. I think um, I've always had the dream, the goal of of a single seater. Um, but I mean, if the opportunity came across to to drive a supercar to you know do a season of it, and I mean, all I want to do is, is be the best. So I'd obviously be going to to join and to try and win the championship. I mean, yeah, definitely. 
But if 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 single seat, I mean, if you still want to go down that single seater path, then then what if uh, you could choose what the next step was and where to go? What would you want to go and be doing next season? Yeah, you know, it's it's um, if I had the absolute choice, I think I would try and make that that American step. Um, I'd love to follow in the in the footsteps of you know Hunter McIlroy, um, try and do indie pro or, or indie lights. Um, but sadly, I think the world we're in now, you know, and I'm getting a lot more of an interest in supercars. So I don't know where I'll end up next season. If if I end up in a Super Two car in Australia, I'd be just as happy. Well, fair enough. I mean, the world is your oyster. You just got to keep keep driving and driving well, Caleb. Um, someone said to me that Martin is the centre of the universe. Is Martin really the centre of the universe? Oh, it's a wonderful place. If you haven't visited, I'm sure you'd need to. Um, <laughs> everybody asks me. They they say to me, they say, "Where are you from?" And I say, "Oh, I'm from Martin." They say, "Where's that?" And they say, "I don't know where Bulls is." And they go, "Oh, where's that?" So I just say, "I'm in New Zealand." And then they say, "Oh, is it in the South Island?" So it's in North. Central New Zealand is all I say, but it's a wonderful place. If you haven't gone, you have to go. Um, and Martin is famous for, for chicken and chips. So if I can do a little bit more and make it um, a well-known driver, driver town, I'd be happy. Chicken and chips, that's your sell. So, okay, if I'm going to get my yep. chicken and chips from Martin, where am I getting them from? Centennial Dairy. They did a good interview on it a couple of years ago. Centennial Dairy, just down in Martin. And, and Robbie's Mechanical, the best lawnmower shot. You know, you've got to stop there in you and go. say hello there. There so. you go, Dad. Dad gets a plug. Absolutely. Oh, hey, wow. You know, he comes, from a, he comes from a pretty amazing area. I mean, Chris Amon was from Bulls. I mean, I mean yeah. you're only just around the corner. It's yeah, and I've, I've been in that area for the last two weekends. I'm going again soon as well, uh, up to... Turakina to check out Dan Cowper's building of these ridiculous off-roaders. Have you seen those off-roaders that Dan Cowper builds? I haven't. Every, every time they've been on or been around, I've been away. Oh, but um, it's definitely on the list to, to go and have a look. Oh, you, you, are, you are missing something. Caleb, thanks so much for giving us your time, buddy. Best of luck. Uh, stay strong. And remember, 1.4 seconds. 1.4 seconds, okay? He doesn't know what that means. Okay, yeah. that, he doesn't know what you're talking about. Oh, sorry. That's how much slower Murph was than Richie, okay? Just letting you know. All right? Uh, awesome, thanks guys. I'll, I'll see you, Greg. I'll be chasing you, mate. So, well, hopefully you'll be chasing me. But yeah, mate, have a good one. Thanks, buddy. He watch was, his, watch his, watch it, mate. He yeah. was very political, wasn't he? He didn't even respond to the number. He just said, "Yeah, well, thanks very much. Appreciate you talking. Fair, good man." Seven thirty. He knows. He knows where his bread's buttered. <laughs> he does. Seven thirty-nine. This is Repco Race Control. Well, since my baby left me, will I find a new place to dwell? This is Repco Race Control as Elvis gets released around the country today. Uh, starring Austin Butler, Baz Luhrmann, uh, Epic. I know I've seen the pr- we've talked about it already. I cannot wait to go and see it. Uh, you got to trust the team at Midas for your next service because our Midas moment of the week uh, features Merv, but not Merv, if you know what I mean, because our Midas moment of the week goes out to Tom Alexander, who hopped into Merv's uh, uh, Renault RSO one at the weekend in the final round of the Nerdic series and drove it first time ever and from pit lane, drove it flawlessly to set up the win, Merv. And uh, as you said on uh, Sky Speed, 
he deserves a lot more than he's getting right now because he can pedal. Yeah, um, that was the highlight for me for the weekend. I mean, there wasn't um, a, a, a very large grid of cars in the three-hour race, which has been a struggle for the North Island three-hour championship all season. Um, it'd be great to get some more cars out there um, competing, um, be it F4 or whatever. Uh, sorry, um, GT4 or Career Cup cars, whatever. Um, so, you know, it's 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 sort of makes it a little bit hard to get too enthusiastic about that that series. But for me, um, definitely Tom doing what he did and having the opportunity. We thought we were going to give him a chance at Topol, but that all fell through a few weeks ago. So to see him jump in from pit lane, as you said, never had turned a wheel before he started that race and uh, adapt himself so, so well, um, you know, was 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 great to see. And he is a he is an absolute talent that yeah. And he hasn't had enough of a uh, break in the past, and um, you know, I was I was really was really awesome. The team, the race lab boys, Shane Helms, who was unable to drive on on Saturday, um, you know, who signed off on putting Tom in the car. Um, they were just stoked. Everyone was stoked to see the car go so good. But I think more so, um, really, really, um, yeah, just so happy to see Tom go so well. So our modest moment of the week goes to Tom Alexander. Don't let an overdue service cost you more on the ro- long run. To see the team. At Midas at 7.45. Let's talk about uh, Valvoline D1NZ at the weekend, because I know you did take in some of it from Circuit yep. Chris Amon at Manfield. And we spoke to Luke Fink last week, the Australian interloper, you might say, who was coming over. He's been here before and really wanted to put on a show. Man, did he put on a show. He went out and won it, even though he wasn't yep. in the car that he was supposed to be in with JDM Racing. They did a, a deal with Team Mimico, and he went out and won it. And I, it, you know what? It was so refreshing, because every time we spoke to him even if he was a bit grumpy about thinking he'd got the bad end of it because they broke so many tie rods he said you know what I'm here to put on a show and it was a a really good example of what a lot of other drivers in any formula should be thinking of well I think so but I think in drifting um it's even more important isn't it I mean it's like freestyle motocross I suppose uh, or Hmm. uh, freestyle BMX which is what he cut his teeth in and was a world champion at um Luke um, and he's he's brought that kind of thinking to drifting, and, it, and but I think we've got we've got a bunch of guys. I mean, look what Mad Mike's done hmm. for drifting, um, and he brings a show. He is he's created a brand around it, you know. Um, and there's some other amazing Cole Armstrong does an amazing job. Fang and Dang, all those guys, they got their own you know brands that they bring along, and, and that's what drifting is about. It is without question a show, and there's 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 room for improvement for a lot of these guys yes. that are doing it clearly, but. But also they're learning, and um, yeah, they've got to find their own sort of their own space and to do it. But you know, I I, I really enjoyed watching it on the weekend. Um, it was clearly a tough, tough uh, conditions for um, the drivers to manage with the temperature, how cold it was, and and a lack of uh, grip on the track and and stuff. But um, you know, uh, it was it was still some great battles, some absolutely amazing battles, and some brilliant driving, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a sh- it was a shame that there wasn't a bit an ability to get more heat because, as we discussed on speed about that first clip as you come into it, the the judges wanted them just to f- forget about brakes and go for it and hit the racing line as you would if you were in a, a single seater or, or in a car, and they and they just couldn't manage it, and the infield got yeah. plenty. Of work to say the least, but congratulations to Luke Fink and Sean Potros who came second, and Jesse Greenslade who picked up his first ever, 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 ever podium. So that was pretty cool. But uh, Fangadan still holds on by the skin of his chinny chin chin. Well, he went out. 
Would he go out in the top he, he went out early, as Round did the yes, as did the top qualifier and Dave Steedman, Jesse Greenslade put him out on there on the second run. He just said uh, he just said he was one of those guys struggling with trying to get tra- uh, uh, temperature into the tyres, and he was absolutely gutted because he had uh, won there before along with his teammate Adam Davies. So the next run should be an absolute cracker because they're done with their circuits. Now they move on to Mount Smart Stadium, purpose built concrete, tight, and a whole lot of fun. And you need to get along to that because the, the seating is a bit of stadiumish seating to get a, a really good look at it. And you will come out smelling of rubber and smoke. There is nothing like mm. it. It is so Ooh, much. tasty. It, it, well, it's just fun, man, you know. I, I, I suppose I, when I say that, I get a bit tired of you know the, having the, the electric stuff thrown down my throat. I was reading another article today about people saying about the tipping point for electric car, and I'm going... <laughs> Boring. What, what do you mean tipping point? Oh, to where a tipping point for where you're going to buy an electric car. You know, just another article about. Right. Well, um, on the news tonight, uh, we nearly had another power delivery emergency, um, <laughs> uh, and the power nearly went out again um, because of um, yeah, just a very badly handled, obviously infrastructure and whatever else that's going on. So, yeah, good luck with that um, because unless we build some dams in this country yeah. and actually put some hydro action um they are going to desecrate the the local um, i have i have the uh, ranges ranges here in hawks bay very soon with a whole bunch of those windmills which are apparently okay um um which i don't think they are let's just build dams and create hydro i get a better option uh, which is more efficient i got two options what's that solar or nuclear i don't care what anybody says you know simple well, as that. not solar's not solar's yeah. not efficient though well, you've got okay. to build the you got to make the panels well how about the nuclear then the panels are yeah, nuclear. Nuclear is the go. That's Nuc- the cleanest, cleanest form of um, uh, energy that there is. Okay, yeah. let's leave it at that. It's... And hydro. And hydro is next, Stephen. Yeah. Hydro is next. Why aren't we building more dams in this country to support our our need for electricity? Why aren't we doing that? Uh, because they're more concerned about pushing the electric argument than actually figuring out how to do the electric. We are argument. going to be up a creek. Without, without a paddle. Seven fifty. There aren't going to be any water either. So anyway. Yeah. No. Fair play. Seven fifty. This is Repco Race Control. 7.54 on Repco Race Control. A bit of a text here on our temper bedpost text line because Jamie's working on double eight double three. says, hey, uh, team, when are the new episodes of Sky Speed on? I never seem to catch the show. Ouch. <laughs> also, Erebus Every is the, week. Also, Erebus is the answer to your question. Of course, the question is, uh, what team in supercars does Betty Clemenko own? The answer is Erebus. You can call us on 0800 150811. Well, I can tell you, if you finish uh, your sh- work before 9 o'clock this evening, there's one at 9.30 tonight on Sky Sport 5. Am I right, Stephen? Uh, oh, I've dropped... Oh, that was Sunday. No, there's one tonight at 9.30 on Sky Sport 5. Normally, Tuesday at 8 o'clock on Sky Sport 1, and then 8.30 on Sky Sport 5, which is the home of motorsport. Jamie, okay? So, or if you have Sky Sport or Sky Go, go to Sky Go, and you can watch the episode whenever you want. It is as uh, simple as that. Betty Clemenko coming our way after 8 o'clock this evening. Uh, looking forward to that, along with Simon Chapman to give us all the goss on the inside oil. Just quickly, if we've got about a minute... And I, I mean a minute. Uh, Mercedes made a made a, a right hash of it, trying to get the FI involved invo- involved in the porpoising, right? <laughs> oh my goodness! Talk about uh, rowing your own boat, right? Rowing your own boat. And oh, was Lewis going on on the weekend after he finished third? About um, oh my, my no, life. no. Oh, but so th- but it's have so a think much. about this one. Have a think about this one because we've got to go. He did oh. say, please don't use my car as the guinea pig. 
<laughs> That's the latest. Don't use my car as the guinea pig. Oh I'm the God. senior driver. It's coming up to 7.56. Betty Clemenko, the other side at 8. Repco Race Control with Murph on vocals and celebrating Ugh. Elvis being released around the country. The movie starring Austin Butler and Tom Hanks as Colonel Parker. Uh, Burning Love, you like that? Huh? That's got some. That's got some. Yeah, I love Burning Love. It's got some zhuzh to it. What is? What does Burning Love remind you of? Where does it take you to? Because songs always take you to a place or a memory. No, no, can't. Can't, can't say. Can't, can't say, say it. Can't say it's it at all. Great, I, just, it's just a, just a great song. It's a great tune. I, I, and, I, um, you know, I wonder if Betty Clemenko likes Burning Love from Elvis. Let's find out. Uh, Betty, thanks for joining us on Repco Race Control. Elvis Presley, Burning Love. Do you like that? Of course I do. It's one of the best. <laughs> so Okay, so I asked I ask Murph, does it remind you of any time in your life or something that really cool that happened? Does it remind you of anything? Well, actually... <laughs> I was around when Elvis died, and I remember the day he died, and, and that was the song that was playing on the radio when they cut it short and told us all. And, and I remember I had a block of chocolate in my hand with my girlfriend, and we just looked at the chocolate, dropped it, and burst into tears. So uh, it's not wow. something cool, but something that I do remember. Yeah, like I, I remember being in Singapore as a, about, I think, a 14-year-old and uh, staying uh, with my mum and my aunt. My, my uncle was in the army, and I, I remember stopping dead and going, you're kidding me, Right. He's, it was an, it was August, I think, of seventy seven. I think it was. So uh, that's yeah, a long it was time. Yeah, I left high school. <laughs> hey, uh, thanks for joining us on Repco Race Control, and we are. It's a real pleasure having you because we said earlier on this evening you are one of the strong women uh, to 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 look up to, and not just in the sport that you are involved in, but generally as a businesswoman and, and and as a character and as an aspirational figure for other women. Why did you get into supercars? Well, I was, uh, I did the hard yards. I started off in F3 thinking, you know what, it, 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 this is what I love. I love motorsports. So let's just start a little. And we worked our way all the way through all the different categories, ended up in GTs. And then we, miraculously, we we did everything in GTs. You know, we won Bassett, the Bassett 12, and we couldn't go any further. And I kind of just, you know, looked at my husband and went, how about V8s? And he just looked at me with that, oh, my God, here we go, look. And that's how we ended up in V8s because I, I wanted to go to more races. I, six times a year just wasn't enough for me. Betty, um, Murphy, hey, great to have you on. Thank you so much. Um, I Listen, I, I've got to be completely honest with you. You know, when when all this, you know, talk came around you coming into supercars and bits and pieces, as did probably just about everybody, you know, I thought, oh, how long will this last? You know, this is going to be, yeah, you know. It was the rich girl in. with the uh, 
the tweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and and I am I'm couldn't be more happy to um, eat my own words on that one and and see that you have just withstood the test of time through this and 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 contributed um, in the period. Was it seven? Is it eight years? Coming up, eight years. Is it? I just I'm just I'm in the middle of my tenth season. In supercars. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Is it that long? All right. Twenty-five years in. Yeah, 25 years in motorsport, and this is my 10th season because it goes by season. Um, this yeah. is my 10th season in motors in V8. Uh, like, and that, that's just amazing. And and I and I just uh, as I say happy to eat uh, my humble words um, and <laughs> and just go well done, well done to you for withstanding. You know, dealing with you know these people. Um, there's choice words that can be used for you know for for dealing with a lot of it most of the time, but. It's it's not easy. It's it's a full on challenge, and and I know that you get a lot out of it, and you've and you love contributing and supporting and helping drivers and people all the way through the journey. I mean, it, it's it's you know I take my hat off to you. Oh, thank you. I remember my first uh, team owners meeting, and I won't say who it was, but they came and patted me on the shoulder and said, "Now don't get intimidated by all these, you know, all the owners, and you know don't." don't worry and I just looked at him and I said I was brought up by a Hungarian property developer this is nothing (laughs) I mean let's be blunt what are the biggest challenges you face as a woman and as a team owner in this sport Uh, different things at different times in the beginning it was just to be heard and not to in the beginning it was like I got the feeling they thought what do I know and you know mm. that I couldn't know anything, and uh, that's why I surrounded myself with, you know, and it's true. I surrounded myself with very smart men, and and now women as well. But back then, it was um, I had to learn because I knew the GTs, I knew everything else, but it, I knew nothing about about supercars. I remember the first time I was there, someone said, "Oh, there's Craig Lance," and I honestly I went, "Oh yeah, he's the he's the." He's a, and I got it right. And I was, they said, you're going to V8 and you have no idea who they are. I said, I don't need to know who they are. I just need to win. Yeah. And, uh, and that, that is kind of, that's kind of been my motto, you know, like I choose to go in there to win the race. You know, I'm not there to, uh, I don't know, to, to knit blankets. But but the but also it's it's a business right it's I mean you were the GT thing was a business thing but this with, with the structure of supercars and the the revenues and the and also the costs and the, and how it all works it's it's a business and you've you've been a you know you've been a business woman I mean the way all well, the way before exactly you right. got involved I I didn't think I'd have to but I did in the end have to bring my business side into my racing side because uh, as you said it is a business and um, we are the entertainment and a lot of mm. fans forget that we are the entertainment they're going there to see us race and um, it has to be a business and it has to stand up on its own two feet and you know uh, god I don't know how many years ago now but Barry Ryan the CEO of the company turned around and said to me, there's going to come a time when you don't have to put your hand in your pocket because that's what racing's about. And I, I laughed at him. And I tell you what, we're nearly there. 
So on your tenth year, you're nearly there, not putting your hand in your pocket. So that would yeah, exactly. sigh of relief from you, I would suggest, and your bank manager. No, not really. You know, it's it's always been a love of mine. You know, sometimes you 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 do sacrifice things for things you love, but for Barry, I think it was more a principle of you know this is a race team, we're going to do well, and we're going to get good sponsors, and that's exactly what he's done. And for him, it's a goal, and it's his um, you know. Barry just loves the sport. He he would do anything for the sport. And um, I, I've learned from him. And he's taught me a lot about, you know, supercars. And, I, you know, I'm not too scared to say or too frightened to say, you know, I didn't know everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, and we, but we, we're still learning. We learn every day. There's, you know, you still aren't going to know everything. It doesn't matter how long you're involved in the sport. There's always going to be things that, that crop up that you are finding new. They evolve. Things evolve. Things change. You know, the way we go about doing what we do is constantly evolving in this business as well as every other one, right? Oh, it is. Look, there's one thing that I never learned to do and I really wanted to learn to do. It was the first year we were in and the Stone Brothers who, um, Ross and Jimmy, who I bought the company off, they were with us for the first year. And we'd had a, a bingle on track and they couldn't get the, the front splitter off. And Jimmy just walks up and, you know, it's all very technical now. And he walks up with a rubber mallet and taps the splitter in the middle and it just falls off. And I just looked at him and I went, I want to do that. I want to be able to go walk up to a splitter with a rubber mallet, tap it and, and watch it fall off after people have spent an hour trying to get this thing off. And I, was, I have never learned how to do it, though. There's, there's, always, uh, there's always time, Betty. Uh, like the, one of the questions I have to ask you revolves around your attitude towards contracts and drivers. And it, and it seems to be, oh, no, no I, I like it because – you don't appear to be the type of owner that's going to keep someone in, in your team if they don't want to be there. Now, obviously, this is driven by whispers along pit lane that uh, DJR are trying to sniff out Will Brown at the moment. And you've said, well, you've pretty, you've pretty much indicated, well, if he, you know, if, he, if he doesn't want to be here, that's fine. And because I, I, I assume, and please correct me, it, it was a similar situation with, with David. He had a 10-year deal, but then something came up and you went, okay, well... If you don't want to be here, don't be here. And I'm happy to to see you move on. Is that how you yeah, approach it? I learned very, you know, early on in life that unless someone is 100% given to to what they do, they'll only give you 50 to 60%. It's like when you used to know your summer holidays were coming. It was December, you know, early December. You knew you were going on holidays in, in two weeks. You didn't care about school anymore. You didn't care what you did, and they just filled your time. And that's exactly what happens with a driver. You know, unless they're a hundred percent, you know, into that team and the driver and the and the engineer and everything else, they lose interest. If they lose interest, they lose their confidence in the fact that they can win for that team. And it all just becomes two weeks before Christmas. Is and there, I don't want that in my team. But is there? Is would you fight for a driver though? I have fought for a driver, but I have not fought with the driver. I have tried to explain to managers and, and to drivers what we could do for them. And, you know, you can't blame a young guy who, when, especially, let's just take Anton, for instance. You know, we, that was done the right way. You know, Ryan Story came and talked to me and told me that he was going to offer Anton the spot. 
and I said, look, thank you for coming, you know, to me. And I'm not shocked because any young driver that goes in and all of a sudden is offered a seat in, at DJR just after uh, McLaughlin left would be a fool not to take it. And, you know, I understand they have careers. They want to be on the top. And when, uh, hopefully, in a couple of years, we'll be the team that they want to be in because we'll be at the top. Yeah, it's um, the whole driver situation is interesting, one, isn't it? I mean, it, it, it's that the, the way that all plays out and, and uh, you know, the I'm silly too seasons. I'm to argue with people. <laughs> yeah, I really too, am too yeah, well, to argue with people. They're not going to drive well for you. You know, you just, you've got to let it go sometimes and just go, yep, next. Because you know how many next there are waiting in line that are fantastic drivers? All these young guys out there that are, are brilliant. You've got to, someone's got to give them a chance. You, you've got to be then incredibly proud of, of what you've contributed in that respect and, you know, giving the opportunities and creating the opportunities and, and, and seeing, you know, um, the, 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 the young guys and that are, have, you know, been given those chances, put in your cars, achieve what they're achieving. It must be awesome. Great oh, feeling. I mean, I, I, I can't remember exactly where it was, but I looked up at the podium and it was Will Davidson Anton and Dave Reynolds, and I went, oh, isn't that nice? <laughs> it's an Erebus podium. Because in my mind, they're still part of what of how we got to where we are now. You know, they all contributed to something towards it. And um, it was, it's, it's nice to know that you've done something, like, especially, I'm using Anton again, you know, that his career was boosted by learning at Erebus. And I, you know, I, I, I wish them all the best. Not particularly to win, but yeah. maybe come second. Betty, is there if you had a choice of driver on the grid right <laughs> now? <laughs> yeah, no, you don't. You don't she's, have. She's got them. You she's don't, got this year. She's, yeah, she's I know, got extra but ones. She's you know, got extra drivers this year. You know, with this, you know, yeah, I know, but you know, you know, be any driver in history. If, if you had anyone on the current grid and said, "I want oh. him," is that is that too an open ended question or not? Well, it is very open-ended because, you know, my if I could put any driver in there, it would be a driver that never had, it was never been in supercars, an ex-F1 driver who I think would be amazing. Maybe a bit tall, but I think he would be amazing. He doesn't even drive F1s anymore. Uh, Button. I think Button would have been a fantastic V8 driver. Have you ever thought about saying, uh, you well, might have thought about bringing him down? He drove one. Yes, he, he, did. Dro- he drove. Oh, he did? He drove... Um, it um, not raced, but he um, he did uh, a a swapsy with Craig Lowndes at Bathurst um, a number of years ago. They took the McLaren Formula One car to um, Bathurst. Oh yes, I remember. Yeah, and um, he drove it around there. From all accounts, he did. Re- he drove it beautifully. Drove it really, really well. Oh yeah, he did. He did. But then look, there's so, there's a couple of young guys in. Um, development series and even under that that are showing a lot of potential at the moment and um you know it's a never say never type of category because you you never should never burn a bridge in um supercar because you never know when you might need that bridge again and i i I won't never say that i won't take a driver back i'll never say that i you know that you know that i will do it at all costs because i won't you know, it has to fit in. Now I've, I've learned 
that it's not about me. It's about me and Barry and Shannon, the team. And it's what how we think the team should go. Are you saying there on that statement that earlier in the piece you thought it was about you, that you were so in- consumed by it that it was about you rather than the team? Oh, not just not about me per se, but about I had the final say. Like everyone had their opinions and I would have the final say and I'd be, yep, that's my decision. You can't change it. <laughs> now, I've in the last, in, this is our 10th season, so... I'd say up to about two years, uh, two years ago, I learned, you know, that it doesn't matter what I think because I'm not the one trained to fix the cars. I'm not the one trained to engineer the cars. I've got to take advice from the experts. And when you surround yourself by, by good people and people who know what they're doing, you've got to take their advice. And you can't be stubborn and you can't put pride in front of, of, of everything. And you can't you know, put your make yourself bigger than the whole. And the whole is the team plus you, not you. If that made any sense. It made complete sense, complete sense. So the question now in season 2022, what pieces do you think are missing in Erebus? Um, I don't think things are actually missing. I just think that they need to be, need to be worked on. Um we have very good people at the moment in our team and I think, uh, I don't know, it just seems to be an Erebus thing that we like to be the underdog for some reason. I don't know why, but we do our best work when we think that we're not at the top and then we get to the top and we smile and we start all over again. <laughs> it's an interesting way to look at it, but, yeah, I mean, you've said you, you think another two years you want to be the team like DJR, so... Surely, yeah, exactly. surely, surely that mindset has to change. Well, I, I, look, it's not about the mindset. It's about getting your mindset to actual, to be physical. Um, everyone in there is in there for the right reason. Everyone in the team is in there for the right reason. Sometimes we're not, we might not pull it off. We've got to get to a point where we pull it off 100% of the time. Yeah, it makes complete sense. All right, well, Betty, I know... That's, um, and that's a big job. It's a hell of a big job, and, it, and it's constantly, constantly, the pressure's uh, constantly moving and changing, and there's something always new around the corner, isn't there, just to test you a little bit more? Oh, it's look, it's always been testing for me, and I haven't really seen myself as being a woman in motorsport. I'm just another team owner, but... Yeah. I know that I knocked down the door, I, you know, and I've let I've opened windows and everything for women to come in behind me, and they don't have to do what I had to do. And I think I'm really proud of that. Um, but I'm proud of what I've done in whole as an owner for my team. I, you know, hopefully I made the right decisions at the right time. Are you excited about Gen Three? I feel like I'm going. <laughs> I know most people start off in supercars. Then they retire from supercars and they go into GT, you know, or some or Porsche or whatever. I just feel like I'm going backwards. <laughs> I'm not backwards. I can't say no. I can't say backwards because Speed Cafe will probably pick up on that and say, Clemenko says we're going backwards with Gen 3. Um, but, no, I just I, – I have to see it in, with my own eyes. And, and I've read and I've read and I've read. I went in there for the – for the sedan that you know the the mm. hits and the misses and the and everything else 
this has become a little more gentlemanly and a little bit more. Look, I think it'll be great for the for the category. I honestly do. There'll be teething problems. There'll be all the other problems. It'll be great for the category. Um, and I know that Barry is really looking forward to it and everyone's looking forward to it. And I'm at that age now where I can kind of sit in the rocking chair at the back of the garage and go, yeah, this is, you know, this is, uh, this is going to be, I'm just going to watch. I'm going to see what happens. Well, the real question is, are the, how close are your cars ready? There's some suggestion that cars won't be ready by the start of the new season. How far down the track are Erebus? Well, put it this way, in my first year, I think it was my first year, Tim Slade rode off a car at Bathurst and we put it together in less than 24 hours from scratch. We took it right back to zero, like right back to the frame. So, you know, supercar teams, when pushed to the limit, can do some really wonderful things. And I don't, you know, we, we can get cars out there pretty quickly. And it's just as long as we've got, you know, in this day and age, there's a lot of problems with transportation there's a lot of problems with getting steel there's a lot of problems with getting everything so as long as all those problems don't hit i think we'll all be out exactly when we need to be betty you, you hit it on the nail just take it as it is we thank you so much for your time and insight into being an owner of a team and i know murph's pretty excited to be racing for erebus as a wild card in bathurst this year oh, as well we're excited to have him oh, there you go it is thank you when a female team owner says that it, it sounds wrong <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I know he's I know he's, I know he's genuinely looking forward to it, and he and he, he does love the Erebus environment. So, thank you for your time, oh, Betty. Oh, lovely, absolute pleasure. See you soon. Thanks, Betty. Bye, Betty, Betty Clemenko. Uh, how cool is she, man? How cool is oh, Betty Clemenko? Right. Like, cool, cool says it all. Right, as I said, it was that was true. You know, when she first turned up, it was like, oh, yeah. How long is this going to last? This is going to be a you know just a fly by nighter. Um, you know, and then she'll be out the door and gone no matter how much money she's got. Um, but um, that has not happened. And, uh, you know, what a what a learning process too, uh, to be, you know, thrown into the lion's den effectively with all these, you know, these big name team owners that have been around the game for donkey's years. And and, um, and she just, you know, as she said, she just, you know, basically didn't, didn't see it that way. You know, she wasn't... She wasn't intimidated yeah, by anybody. I was about to say, I'm sure there were there were owners there that would love to have bullied her or tried to oh, bully, I'm bully sure her. Tried. Yeah, and she she tried. just gave them the bird. Betty Clemenko yeah. uh, runs Erebus, which is actually the answer to our question. What team does Betty Clemenko run? 0800 150811 if you want to win that Repco prize pack. Ah, such a good chat. 823 here on Repco Race Control. You ain't nothing but a dog. Eight twenty-eight. This is Repco Race Control with McIver and Murph on a Thursday around Aotearoa, New Zealand and Australia. If you're listening on the SEN or SENZ app, uh, good evening to you wherever you might be. As here in New Zealand, we celebrate our first Matariki public holiday uh, tomorrow. But in MotoGP, the silly season seems to be getting a little bit sillier, Murph. Uh, I had no idea that Juan Mir was on route to uh, Repsol Honda next year. Oh, have we spoken about that? No, I don't think we haven't spoken about that. I, I was, I, I was, 
That rumor's been around, around for a little while. Yeah, that he was. But then, but then I'm sure I heard something on the weekend. I think Simon Crafer brought it up on the MotoGP uh, broadcast on the weekend mm. from the Saxon Ring. Um, him writing something else now. Now I can't remember what it was. Um, but yeah, he's a bit all over the place. I think I, there's, a, there's a fair bit to still be worked out. Obviously, Jack Miller got announced at KTM. Um, Alex Rins going to LCR Honda. So who who misses out there? I wonder. Well, they were, I think they were both both um, going. Yeah, uh, young young yeah, Marquez and riders. yeah um, uh, Nakagami. They were both, I think, on the outer potentially. So, um, which is harsh because um, there is no Honda doing very well. Nakagami seems to actually be the best of them at the moment. With Mark Marquez obviously out injured, um, Stephen Bradle, their test rider, is. Uh, that's all he's obviously good for because he ain't no good in, in um, the main game at the moment. Uh, Honda's in a bit of strife in a big way. So a lot to be worked out. I mean, um, Fabio Quattararo on the weekend was just sublime. He yeah. was just absolutely sublime. He he really is. I mean, we've t- we've spoken to Simon Crafer and we've mm. had his words before about uh, Fabio. He is a for him. He's he's one of his favourite, if not his favourite rider. I think on the on the grid at the moment, just his ability to to manipulate the bike and in the way he manipulates it and his his personality everything about him um is is just working right now and he's the only bloke that can ride the yamaha and and yet the difference between him and his teammate uh, morbidelli and the other guys riding yamahas i mean they're not even in the same stratosphere so what has he got what's he able to do i mean what he's able to do is obviously um, get Yamaha probably to pay him some incredible amount of money because he's the only one that can can make them look good right now. Yes, it's incredible. interesting that uh, he hasn't had a outstanding season. It's just been a very consistent season. He hasn't blown everybody away this year, Quattro, Bastanini, you know. Well, he did on the weekend. Oh, no, no, I understand that. But what I'm saying, he hasn't he hasn't taken this competition by the throne and said, this is mine. He's just slowly worked his way into the season. You, you well, just... he hasn't fallen off the bike, has he? Yeah, well, no. He doesn't fall off. No, that's... that's, that's... So, you know, it's... And you and that's got to be a big part of it. I mean, Bagnara, another another crash. Hmm. And and Bagnara's come out and admits that Quattararo is a more complete MotoGP rider than he is, um, wow. uh, which is phenomenal. I mean, he's he's an awe. And, I mean, you look at Peko, and he, he is very humble. He, is, he comes across... They all do. They come across as very likable characters. And they and and their appreciation of each other, you don't get that in Formula One, do you? The appreciation of each other that these guys have for their ability yeah. is just is, is incredible, and, that, and that's that's one of the reasons I I you know um, just love MotoGP oh. so much is is also their mutual respect is 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 always to be is always shown. It's amazing. You know what I think that is too, because it really is mano o mano riding and racing. You know, in a, in, a, in a Formula One car, any car, you've got a big piece of tin around you, right? Whatever. But these guys are, you know, like within centimetres of each other. And they know the limits. They push the limits every time. So they have respect for another rider on how far each individual can push the limit. Well, I think that, and the respect goes further in that they, they, they all know that they are, you know, teetering on the edge all the time of, of a potential disaster. And they know that their their counterparts and their competitors and their teammates are also doing that. And and when someone does, you know, succeed, I think they do appreciate the fact that on that day that person did a better job and they deserve to be congratulated yeah. no matter what yeah, the situation yeah. you're in. Hey, and um, I think um that is that's amazing. Are you at Mum's tonight? 
Are you at my mum's place yeah, tonight? Hey, does mum have a favourite Elvis song we could find for her? If we had the chance? I don't know. Probably. I'm sure she does. Yeah, okay. I mean, um, she was of that era. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's 8.32. This is Repco Race Control. We'll talk supercars. Go pit lane, basically into the pit lane shortly with uh, Simon Chapman, motor racing journalist. Stay with us. 8.37, time to go in pit lane of uh, Repco Supercars. We had a big old weekend in Darwin uh, with motor racing journalist, a good friend of ours, Simon Chapman. Hey, Chappie, how are you? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, we are We are good, thank you. So uh, we've just been talking to Betty Clemenko, amazing woman, amazing story, but I did throw, the, I did throw this rumour out, and you might be able to help us a little bit more about this. Uh, talk of Will Brown, I see. Mumblings, rumours of Will Brown potentially being poached or being going off to DJR, which leaves a big hole for Will Davison. What's the, what's the go? What's the, what's the goss? Yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating one, isn't it? Um, the the rumour keeps persisting uh, that Will Davison uh, might find his way out of the door at DJR at the end of the season, but Will's doing a fantastic job. Um, you know, he's getting pole positions. Uh, you know, success is still coming his way. He's sitting fourth in the championship, only a couple of places behind Anton. Um <laughs> But yes, Will Brown, um, by all accounts, a lot of people saying that he's destined to end up at DGR at the end of the season, despite the fact that he's only really sort of languishing um, in the points at the moment down in, in 16th. Uh, so yeah, really fascinating, uh, silly season starting to, to brew. But he, um, Will is uh, seen by, well, I think probably a, a large portion of the pit lane as, as, a, as a, a true real talent. Is that right? Yeah, 100%. SMP last year, uh, the four rounds that he's definitely capable of, of winning races. He's got outright pace. Um, you know, he's, he is the complete package. I think uh, you sort of, you look at his season and you say, oh, he's, had a, he's had a pretty rough run, and I don't think it's necessarily uh, a, a good representation of his ability. You only have to look at Brody. You know, he's sitting up there in eighth. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of times this year, I think particularly at Winton, where Will definitely should have got a podium, uh, but he's had one or two issues that's gone um, sort of against him, like pit stops. Yeah, it's always pit yeah. stops with Erebus Motorsport, unfortunately. So, yeah, I don't read too much into where he sits in the championship, but, yeah, he's he's definitely a talent. Um, and, uh, yeah, by all accounts, DJR are, are keen to have him there, but Erebus also are saying hands off. Yeah, it's interesting, what though, isn't it? You know, Will, Will, Will would feel a little bit down if they, they let him go, wouldn't they? Um, yeah, what, I mean, what, where, does, where does that where does that fit, Simon? I mean, is is obviously I would imagine Will Davison will be saying absolutely nothing about that at the moment and just trying to get on with the job. But who makes the who who who's the? I mean, Ryan Story is the big fish at, at so called DJ. I mean, that's what it's called, but it's Ryan Story's team. I mean, who's making who would be making the calls there around that? Well, you know the the acronym is DJR, and the joke is often made that it's. Um, Dick, Gillian, Ryan, uh, and I, I think there's, I don't know whether there's <laughs> equal parts in that. Um, I, w- I would say there is probably a, a good element of, of Ryan leading the way in those discussions. Um, yeah, I, you know, is it, I, I don't is it know future-proofing? necessarily how is much. Is it future-proofing? What's that, sorry? Are they, are they, yeah, are they, is it future-proofing? Well, it's, a, it's an interesting one. I, like, I, it's hard to know, right, because they lost Scott. To, to IndyCar and they needed someone who was an immediate replacement then and there. And Anton was the logical replacement. You know, Davo, 
I guess you say he's at, he's in the final sort of throes of, of his full-time career. But I, I kind of go back to the point of, you know, why would you get rid of a guy who's really in the form of his life? He's, your age is just a number, really. Um, you know, maybe if you put Will Brown in there, you'll un- unlock some some potential. But at the same time, Davo's doing a really good job. So, you know, if, if I'm Davo, I'd, I'd, feel, I'd feel pretty aggrieved if I was yeah. thrown out at the end of the season, considering how, how well he's doing. You know, he, he got a, a win before Anton did, admittedly, in circumstances uh, where he was given the win, courtesy of a, of, a, of a penalty, but he still got the win. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a curious one. I'm not sure where it's going to sort of land. Um, but, yeah, we could we could see a change there. There's not many there's not many cases uh, in really... Well, maybe there is. I don't know. I, I can't think of off the top of my head, but there wouldn't be very many cases where someone is performing at such a high level on a fairly regular basis. I mean, Winton was, was lacklustre for the team as a whole, but they bounced back on the weekend and, and, you know, the results are looking pretty good. There wouldn't be many results where someone's lost their drive at the end of the season after doing... You know, if it continues the way it is after being so competitive. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, I just go back to the point that I think Will's doing a really good job. You know, mm. I, and if and if he does get boned, where does he end up? You know, it, he's spoken about wanting to end his career probably at at DJR. Um, I spoke to him at Darwin, and he said, you know, the res, the results will will do the talking. And as far as I'm concerned, yeah. he's doing a, a really good job. So. Yeah, maybe maybe DJ I want a future proof. Maybe they want two young drivers there. Maybe there's a directive from Shell to have two young drivers of Ever Energy, the main primary sponsor there. Maybe they just want to set themselves up for the future there. You know, the the other rumor that does the round occasionally is that the team is for sale. You know, yeah. So maybe that's part of the the move. Who knows? Wow. Okay, that's that's a good one to throw out because I didn't know that one. But uh, no, you talk about results defining a team or an individual. Uh, Gary Jacobson's results uh, saw him boned, as you say, by uh, Premier Racing. I don't think did anyone see that coming. I don't, I don't know. It's it's a that's another really perplexing one because you know, okay, let's be honest. Premier Racing they're sitting at the back end of the pit lane, but Gary had a really strong run at the Australian Grand Prix, where in three of the four races he finished in the top ten, and really. Most people were surprised to see him up there. You know, that was a really standout result for him. Uh, he sits 24th at the moment in the championship. Admittedly, that's probably, a, much like Will Brown, not really representative of his performance because he's had three DNFs that have sort of, you know, that lost a whole lot of points for him. I, I think, you know, maybe there was a bit of pressure, I think, on both of those boys, that being Gary and, and Chris after Winton to up their game. The chat, in amongst the paddock and actually was that Chris was probably the one that was more so in the firing line. Um, so it definitely came as a bit of a surprise that Gary was the, the one who got the bone at the end of, of Darwin. Um, the chat at the end of the weekend was basically that after that last race, Peter Zibris gave him his marching orders and, and that was it. And then it was basically finally confirmed on, on Tuesday morning to the, to the shock of many. So was it the, the straw that broke the camel's back with that, um, pretty clumsy tit-for-tat incident with Zach Best. I mean, that was that was pretty pretty amateur-looking. Um, and, uh, you know, the obviously damage done to Zach Best's car. And I think Gary got a penalty for that, didn't he? Correct, yeah. I, I think that was probably one of maybe two or three things over the course of that weekend that sort of just set it all off and set it in motion to, to where we are now. Um, yeah, 
unfortunately, I think every time, if you tuned into the broadcast, the only time we ever really saw Gary on track was when he was either spearing it off or in the in the wars with other drivers. You know, he he, he was getting into a lot of cars, and and that car looked a bit sore by the end of it. So, yeah, I, I think a lot of us are surprised. The, I guess the question now is, what does Gary do? Um, who's the replacement for Gary at Premier Racing? Uh, the next yeah couple of weeks are going to be pretty fascinating lead up to Townsville because, yeah, exactly that. They've only got two weeks until the next round. I mean, seriously, I mean, there's a lot of desperate drivers out there that just want to climb aboard a, a car, not any car, because they want to be in the field and they, they think that, you know, if they're in a car, they're going to be able to prove themselves. But seriously, you know, who would one, you know, want to run cap and hands to Premier Racing at the moment and go, I'm your man, let me have it. I can prove that, you know, this can be done better. I mean, and that's, a, that's you you know, you're biting off a, a fair old big bite there to, to go and think you're going to save that team right now, aren't you? Exactly. And and this is the discussion that I've had with a few people over the last couple of days is Jacobson getting axed doesn't really make sense because he's bringing a fair chunk of money to that team. So if you're going to replace him with someone, who are you going to get that's going to make up that shortfall? Because there aren't that many drivers, maybe. And if you're looking for someone also to be better than Gary, who's going to bring that kind of money, like, realistically, there aren't that many options. Like, the chat, basically, straight off the bat, was that uh, Kurt Kostecki and Zane Goddard were going to be, you know, they're, they're basically first in line for the gig. Zane had a test with the team at QR not long before uh, Darwin, which, you know, set off a few alarm bells. And that was sort of the, uh, I guess, the smoking gun for a lot of people to say, okay, maybe Gary and Chris are maybe in the firing line here. But by all accounts, neither Zane nor Kurt are going to be in that seat come Townsville. So, you know, the question becomes, well, who's the ideal replacement, especially considering that by all accounts, whoever drives that car for the rest of this year probably isn't going to drive it next year. So who knows? Like who's gonna wanna who's gonna wanna do half a season and put the bill and not have a long term sort of future at that team? Do you have any oil on that? Do you have any oil on who it might be? Well, the the last last I heard was maybe James Golding. Maybe. He's he's a guy who's not as far as I'm aware, uh, he's not contracted to a team. There was maybe a verbal agreement between him and Charlie Schwerkolt to do Bathurst this year, but I don't think they've necessarily signed on the line. Um, he's maybe an option. I know that he's keen to get back into the sport full-time. If he can do that with, with Premier Racing and do a deal that would secure his services for next year, then you, you jump at it. But by all accounts, both Kurt and Zane asked the question, well, if I drive this year, do I get a drive next year? And the answer was no. Wow. Well, at least Peter Jaberis is making it and his intentions clear about how he wants to run the team. Simon, always a pleasure talking to you. Now, I hear you are uh, bound for Sydney, we hear, and, 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 a, and a promising career change. Well, not a career change, just a, a company change. Uh, we can, we, you're telling everybody else, so tell us, what are you doing? Yeah, so um, yeah, finishing up at Speed Cafe this week. It's been a hell of a journey coming over since uh, the basically start mm-hmm. of the pandemic, so I've done a lot of learning, but yeah, going to go join. Uh, Channel 9 and do a bit of motorsport coverage there. No, oh, well, congratulations, mate, and we love talking to you. Man. Well done. Yeah, we're really happy for you, mate, so uh, enjoy the big smoke. Easy. Cheers, boys. <laughs> Thanks, mate. There you go. Simon Thanks, uh, He's a Kiwi that's doing super well in the world of motor racing on the other side of the ditch. It's 8.48. This is Repco Race Control. Well, it's a one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, now go, cat, go, but 
don't do Step on my blue suede shoes Uh-huh Well, you can do anything But take me over my blue suede shoes Come on, buddy. come on Okay. This is Ripco Race Control rolling out our Elvis Night. Was that a was that a uh, was that a, a surprise at my vocal talents, Murph, that you were going, hmm, that's not so bad? Was no. that <laughs> what was Mum's favourite, by the way? Um I uh, can't help. All in love, in love with you. you. Sanjay uh, let the team down. He couldn't get it on. Oh, no, he didn't let the team down. He actually wanted to sing it. Oh, but he's gone all shy and retiring. It's 8.53, three minutes left in the show. Congratulations to our mate Jamie uh, for picking up the Repco prize pack this evening. Thanks for that, Jamie. And, uh, and just a reminder to you that Sky Speed is on at 9.30 tonight on Sky Sport 5, another replay. It's a pretty good little show. We're actually going to do some... Uh, Content creation, as they say nowadays, uh, on Saturday out to Hampton Downs. Murph's going to have a crack at the uh, the new TA2. Well, they're not new, but the TA2s are finally uh, coming into the country. Murph, are you a little bit excited about that? Because I, I, I like the idea of, you know, a V8. And you, what you can put, make it look like a Mustang, or is it, what else, a Challenger, a Charger, or is that, are they the only yeah, two? Charger. Charger Camaro Mustang. Yeah, and I think it's a great. Or and, Challenger, Challenger, sorry. Challenger, and, and it's a more, uh, and it's a financially, it's a, a probably a. A more capable way of getting into V8 racing, right? And we need a we need yeah, one muscle formula. Car. Muscle car racing, really. I mean, it, it's a it's a crossover between a, a little bit like a NASCAR, a previous generation NASCAR, and mm. you know, I mean, it's it's pretty popular this kind of racing in the states. It's become very popular in Australia. I think it's cool. Um, we need it. We need it's it. It's affordable. Yeah, that's... you know, it's it's the kind of, and and the cars are. Are pretty easy to maintain. Uh, the parts are all standardised across the cars, so you know, it, and you know, it's one of those. It's, it's like a control formula in many respects. Yeah, which is exactly what, what we need. We need something you that people got just that can't right. go and continuously yeah. spend money on. Looking forward to seeing how you uh, find that on Saturday. Hopefully, it's not wet. Uh, eh? No, well, I hear it's a little bit wet because you're going to take me for a drive or teach me how to drive. A radical, these little sort of open top mm. slot cars. Ten. Oh, really? Oh, okay. But they're, they're pretty quick, yeah. right? Like 450 horsepower, and they're like slot cars. They stick to the track. Well, yeah, it's like a, it's a sports it's a sports car. It's, a, it's a, absolutely a a sports car. I mean, around Hampton Downs, um, I think the SRT, uh, the SR10 is, you know, it's it's close to GT3 kind Ouch. of stick. Okay, pace. right. You know, it's that, that quick. Okay. Yeah. Well, just be so we'll probably, but it can be turned down. The power can be turned down, uh, so we can don't we can turn, adjust it. So don't turn it down. Oh, you'll to you'll old have it turned down reasonably reasonably uh, far. All right, reasonably. mate. Well, happy Monday. If I'm in the car with you, pardon. If I'm in it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair play. Well, something to look forward to on Sky Speed anyway. Yeah, that's absolutely. us done for this edition of Repco Race Control. Mate, happy Matariki, and uh, I will yeah, catch happy I will you keep you uh, in, well, in, we'll New s- in, in New Zealand, yes, and we'll see you next week in Sanjay. As always, nice to have you back from the vid and you, uh, back pushing the buttons and making sure that we are under control. Take it easy. Coming next, the first day of the third test between New Zealand and England at Headingley. See ya.